New York, New York. Well, Frank Sinatra. I love New York. I will always love New York. Okay. Three, two. <sighs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so... okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? Okay. Three, two, one. Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hey everyone, I have a special guest that's going to light up the room today with some very insightful tips on habits and routines that can help elevate one's life in New York City, actually anywhere in the world for that matter. But first, welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and I thank you for joining me on this podcast journey as I aim to continue enriching the lives of New Yorkers, those looking to make the move to the city or just overall learn more about the Big Apple and the people who live here by sharing their stories and tips on how to navigate NYC. As you know, I've had native New Yorkers, transplants, movers and shakers of the city on the podcast. And let me tell you, my guest today, Justin Crawford, is the latter, a mover and shaker. Now, Justin Crawford is a multimedia host, creative content producer, top podcast host, and entrepreneur who's interviewed some of today's biggest celebrities, newsmakers, and thought leaders on his podcast, Men of the Hour. And let me say, there will be more amazing interviews to come on his newest venture, which he'll talk about that today in our interview. But just to name a few of the people he's interviewed, Olympic swimmer Ryan Lochte, legendary boxer Sugar Ray Leonard, frontman Gavin Rosdale from Bush, Yes, that's the 90s band, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, Ryan Serhant, real estate mogul, and not to mention countless headlining country stars, celebrities, and much, much more. In our interview, Justin and I talk about his New York journey and story, which is a fascinating one, I will say, to hear the strategic path he created for himself here in the city that's essentially helped him become the uber successful person he is today. And of course, we'll also dive into his podcast, Men of the Hour, and how in the world he was able to get a hundred of today's biggest names on his show. And I wouldn't let him go without him sharing his latest project with the House of Routine, which launches this May. All right, I've talked way too long, but I will note one last thing. I did have mic and technical difficulties with it throughout my podcast interview with Justin. So my complete apologies on that. But I will know I am very excited to have been able to turn the tables here on Justin Crawford and interview him as he's interviewed hundreds of thought leaders, celebrities, and movers and shakers of the industry. And now I get to interview him and share his story with you. So without further ado, here is my interview with the one and the only Justin Crawford.
Jen, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. We have been connecting and talking and you're just like this light of energy that I've wanted to speak with for the longest time. So welcome to the podcast. I want to say thank you for having me on your show. When we of first course. connected, you 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 bring that same light and energy, my friend. And I think that that's the magic of like being able to connect with someone virtually. And here we are on a, are on a Zoom call too. But even if we met in person at a grocery store, I have no doubt you and I would look at each other and be like, "Hey, like I love your energy. You look great, and you smell great. Or how's your day?" Like we, you know, that that stuff's infectious. So uh, thanks for connecting. I'm super stoked to spend the next however long we we end up on this podcast together. For sure. For sure. I am going to like take every second I get with you. I'm going to ask everything to learn about you. And and you're right. Like I could totally see myself seeing you and being like, oh my God, I need to have him as part of my life. So you're here and let's get into the podcast. You know, this is a New York centric podcast. We're going to talk about your New York story. First thing I like to start off with Justin is, are you originally from the city? Are you born and raised here? Where are you coming from? Not at all. I'm so glad you're starting with that question because I feel like a lot of folks when I'm city biking or taking the train or walking on the streets, Oh my God. The amount of people here that are from the tri-state is almost like insulting because mm-hmm. I moved here thinking, Oh, New York, everyone lives here. Mm-hmm. And that was a false narrative for a long time. I was like, Oh my gosh, I love mixed people and people from, you know, Ghana and Japan and Guam. Where are my people? Where's everybody at? And so it's interesting. And I, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of people who are from everywhere here, but I'm not, uh, I was born and raised I always tell people between Japan and the U S. So my dad was an air force professional, I guess you can call him. Right. So like he was in the air force for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So from the time I was born in Japan to the time that I had graduated high school, we were back and forth. It was Japan, New Mexico, Japan, Florida, Japan, Tennessee. And I loved that lifestyle. And so yeah, I mean, I'm not from here. Moved here about three years ago. Okay. uh, Probably three years. Well, like, maybe a little over three years ago, actually, but 2018, I graduated from the university of Tennessee, moved straight Mm -hmm. here, you know, two weeks, two weeks after graduation came here. It was a dream come true. It's still a dream come true. I'm the one that wakes up every day, like goes down on a city bike and talks about how great New York is, you know, or how amazing this experience has been. And I'm obsessed with your podcast because I feel like not enough shows are centered around a location. It's always a topic you know, topic being the location on your show, but I love this. And I can't wait to keep talking about New York. Justin, you, you're not supposed to give me goosebumps this early <laughs> in the freaking conversation. You know, you're the person that goes out and is like, just excited and happy to talk about New York. I love that. I uh, love that so I much. I love New York, but yeah, I'm not from here. I, I just, you know, I always claim to be Japan. Like I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. So I'm Japanese American. I'm Japanese American racially. My my spirits are Japanese and American. And so it's very broken. Mm -hmm. And I try, I took three years of Japanese in college, but Mm -hmm. this, that military lifestyle had a lot to do with why it's broken. Mm -hmm. I was, I was American schools my whole life. Uh, My brother was fortunate enough to go to a kindergarten that was Japanese school, but yeah. So my whole life is like 50, 50 split. And, you know, and then I also say like, you know what, Tennessee's home, Tennessee's where I spent a lot of my life. And yeah, so, but New York is, is here and it's been three years, three incredible years. All right. So then you said right after college, you made the trek over to the city. Why, why was it always a dream? What, like what inspired you here? And tell us about your, this has to be the best conversation for a Friday. So I moved here with a few goals. Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to work at NBC. I wanted to walk into 30 Rock every single day, or at least most days in Mm -hmm. Midtown. I wanted to do what was called the IRTS fellowship. That was my first yes in the business. It was a fellowship where recent graduates and juniors in college can come to New York for two months for free. Not only for free, we stayed at NYU housing down by 13th and 6th near Union Square. But I remember... um, you know, I, I wanted that fellowship really badly. I didn't get it my junior year. So I was like, screw this. I went to LA instead. And I was like, all right, fine. Didn't want to really move to LA just because I needed to do more things in a day. In LA, like you can take a lot of phone calls in a day, but I really wanted to like tackle 15 things. I still do it every single day, 25, seven. And like New York allows you to do that. So when I got the job at NBC shortly after that fellowship had finished, I was in, I was ready to go. I was an assistant to a sales executive and I'm still obsessed with her. I still work with her. And I was like, wait, you, you do what for NBC? And when she said she was my first guest in the, yes, in the business, her name is Ann Shiner. Um, she's always on like low on the radar, but I will always accredit my NBC life to her. And fast forward three years, you can imagine though, that first year was me getting up at 445 working out in the same gym as Seth Meyers every morning by 5.30. And then I'd try to get in the office by 7 a.m., 7.30 before everybody. That was a good year. And and then I got involved with the Young Professionals Network at the company. So those were my two like full-time things. But then as you could imagine, I was very aggressive my first year. So I was also producing on the side as a freelancer for like BET and Bumble. And then I remember... I was doing red carpet coverage for Bold TV. I was doing all their celebrity interviews almost every night at galas and functions and charity events. Fast forward, pandemic hits. So clearly, right? Like two of those three years were this. Wow. And okay. yeah. So, but that, that, that first year was very, um, very integral in like how I was going to build this life in New York. But I love it. You you noted some things like one, you had that New York energy and hustle, right? Like, from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so that's that was what you important. want to call it, girl. You said 15 things that was that is New York, right? Yeah, and that's so exact. and then you also had like that list of the things you wanted and you made them happen. That is amazing. Yeah, and and like you. here you are. You're in the city, you're living it, you're you're doing the New York dream that everyone, you know, I not everyone, but a lot of people aspire to do. So okay. So you have been here for three years lived in the city. Tell us, where did you land upon then? Where are you now? Mm. And and what has that been like? When you say land upon, you mean just like, like just from the experience? Oh, yeah, like, oh like where did I live? Yeah. And where do you okay, live now? Okay. So <laughs> we've had a journey mm. as anybody would, mm-hmm. but as a military brat, I was like, I'm not living in the same place. That's boring. Mm. And I refuse to be boring in New York. This is the number one city in the world, country world, maybe. So I would argue that Japan's actually pretty up there, but, uh, and people love Paris, people love London, whatever. New York is amazing. So I lived out in Brooklyn my first year and it was the biggest learning lesson I could have asked for. Because when you live in a borough, when you're supposed to be working in the city and like, again, I would be taking trains in super early just to get to the gym. This is during the fellowship, by the way, first geo spot was Brooklyn. You learn about the people of Brooklyn. You learn why people live in Brooklyn. You see Brooklyn. And I was traumatized because of where we lived. I'll be very honest. And for anybody moving to New York, this is Bushwick. And I had no idea what I signed up for. And like Mm -hmm. mine, rightfully so. I was a military brat. So my life is like, number one, we didn't grow up knowing how to pay rent or bills, right? Because our parents are serving the country. Like, of course, we don't think about those things. And then I'm like, wait, I put myself in the most unsafe area. There was like three gun shootings. And I say this not to scare people away from Bushwick, but like 
you learn, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Did, did my mom and I ever go through an experience that was super traumatic? Probably not, but we were very bothered on the trains. The neighborhood was very crummy, but I remember I was just taking advice from a friend at the time who had lived in Brooklyn Okay. And she loved it. And I'm like, of course you love it. Like you were living by yourself with your friends. I'm like, my mom is living with me for my first year. Mm. Beautiful landlord, beautiful apartment. I love the okay. apartment. Yeah. Neighborhood was crazy. So anyway, uh, and that was just one street. So that was year one. And then at year two, my mom was ready to go back to Japan for a little bit, take care of her mm. dad. Da, da, da. And I moved to the Lower East Side. Mm. So you could imagine I was living with one of my best friends. I've always had one roommate. It was mom, best friend, best friend. And it was, these have been the best three years. So to fast forward, I lived in the lower East side, um, mm-hmm. by, I guess you would call it, uh, what's, what's near there. Oh, by Bowery hotel and all that. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life for the better because that, that was the pandemic, right? Yeah. We, they, like we were, I was there during the pandemic when my roommate had left and the people who stayed in the lower East side at certain restaurants, I became very friend friendly with owners. And my best friend now was, was a former neighbor. And, uh, and then during the pandemic, I decided to live with another best friend named Dylan and he changed my life as well. We went to hell's kitchen together on 11, I, I still like at 11th and 48 still hell's mm-hmm, kitchen. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. you know, over there, midtown West. And we did the whole pandemic together. We had COVID together. Mm-hmm. We, we would work out at the same gym called lifetime together down on at sky. And, but those are the three neighborhoods, Brooklyn, Bushwick, lower East side, Midtown West. And then now I live in Battery Park, which is like all the way downtown. Wow. Okay. So four neighborhoods. That's awesome. Four neighborhoods in three years. Experience, you know, a different borough, which is always great. It's always great to just explore, you know, more than Manhattan. I know Manhattan is the end all be all for a lot of individuals, but like there's so much outside of that. So you got to experience that. And then Lower East Side, just downtown. Everyone wants to be downtown. And you're there now with Battery Park and then Hell's Kitchen. Amazing. That's like Midtown, almost getting closer to, you know, um, yeah, Columbus Circle and yeah, Challenge. For and so sure. Forth, but for amazing. Sure. Love hearing this. Tell me, what is it you liked, disliked about New York City? Like, t- yeah. I'm going to be raw because if anybody's listening to this that wants to move here mm-hmm. or lives here and wants to make good decisions for yourself, I'm just going to be very honest. So, I love New York for what I've built for myself here. And I think that's a misconception when people say like, you should move to New York and you should live here and you should, you should come here and really try to build your life. Don't just come here to move here and say that you're here. I think it's cute to tag New York, but you can do that on a weekend. You can come up here for two days, tag New York and be cute and take your photos and leave. If you want to live in New York city, especially in like a specific neighborhood and have a specific job and all that stuff, just Take, take plenty of time to find out what that life looks like. I love waking up at five. I love being in Lifetime Athletic or one of my friends, like I have a bunch of friends that coach boxing and workout classes. Okay. So I'm doing all of that seven days a week, but I'm neurotic about it. So like, I love waking up at five, working on my computer, being in the gym by six, coming home, changing, coming straight to a Soho Works or to NBC's office or to my friend's PR mm-hmm. firm's office. I need that every single day. And so once you realize what you need as a person and as a professional, you need to find that neighborhood. You need to find your escapes. Like I only go to restaurants where I know owners now. That's what I wanted. I don't want to go crowded restaurants scare me. I don't like them. Okay. You know, scare me in the sense that like New York is already a lot of people. So when I'm socializing, I don't want to be 
crowded, like side by, and I've done it. Trust me. I've taken three years to get to this point. And none of that's to say anything about being super like pish posh, but you find where your investments are. So I prefer to pay for membership clubs. I prefer Mm -hmm. to pay for lifetime athletic than, you know, a crowded gym that, you know, so it's like, you kind of figure that part out too, which is exciting, but that's what I needed. Cause to answer your question, what I don't like about New York is messy. Mm -hmm. I hate messy stuff. Okay. I hate when things smell bad. Um, I'm very claustrophobic. And so I have personality traits that would never have made me a New Yorker if That's I didn't find ways to yeah, make myself yeah. a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're you're describing a lot of things yeah. that, like <laughs> every day outside New York, right? Like smelly trash, spaces we live in, small in general, yeah. small crowded <laughs> restaurants too. Some of them are really small, right? So small. So, I remember okay. Rosemary's in West Village, not to talk shit about them, but I walk in and I look at the manager and I was like, Hey, like, is this our seat? Cause we're pretty much on a triple date. Like it was insane, but it's again, it's, it's, it's understand. The reason I'm saying these things is because you need to understand what you need out of New York. I have friends who leave every weekend. They're like, fuck this. I need to be here to work. And then I need to go relax. Then I have friends who never leave, but they have specific ways in which they relax and decompress after a long day of commuting or whatever they yeah. were going through. Well, I love how you've crafted, you know, your own New York, right? Like what you want to experience on a daily basis. It's kind of like that whole expression where you keep your your top five close people. You surround yourself with the people you want to, you know, you want to be like, aspire, do and so forth. So that's what you've done with like your surroundings, New York City. So that's amazing. And to your point about positive energy earlier, like I even only surround myself with people that make me laugh, Mm. feel really good, or we're talking business. Okay. Because- those are the things that matter to me right now. And if we're going to dinner or drinks and we're not making each other laugh or we're not really trying to solve problems together or talk ideas about life too, not just about business, but like, then I'm not into it. Right. We can just text over Instagram or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I that you. to me has, once you get to that place, you're, and I sound like a New Yorker saying that, but I really mean it. And it's only been recently, to be honest with you, I've taken a lot of trips to Nashville and LA in the past couple of years really thinking about leaving. And I was like, no, like I'll still be in New York um, as a full-time resident, but it definitely feels like as, as a person living here, you want your feet planted and you want to know exactly why you're here and what you're doing here. Love it. Love it. And with that being noted there, Justin, how long does it take for you to start feeling like a local? Like when did oh, you, wow. that's, I mean, do you feel like a local as of now? You know, what- Oh, I'm a local. And the reason being is because the people here will make you feel like a local if you let them in. So when you go to your bodega, there's a bodega down the street here. I'm going to get a green juice and wrap after this. Okay. And Cassandra runs the front and I forget the guy who makes the wraps name, but we love each other. Like every time I go in there, I'm like, Oh my God, I freaking love you guys. Like, okay. but I go there all the time to get that green juice and that wrap. And then the gym. When I'm gone for a weekend, Justin, where were you? That makes you feel like a local. Yep. And I think some of that's up to you. Yep, that's totally much. up to yeah. you, you to, to, to make those relations. You have to engage mm-hmm. and make people feel like you're letting them into your life mm-hmm. and vice versa. They'll let you in. Mm-hmm. New Yorkers are so good about that. And, and it's okay to talk to people, right? It's okay. And trust me, it's very overstimulating. So you need to pick and choose your battles of when you're engaging with strangers, but your bodega and your gym and your membership club or whatever you're into in New York, your, your community club, your coffee shop, you should be able to create a local environment out of that. I love that you specifically said what it is you get out of Bodega, which is that wrap and the green juice, which is awesome. (laughs) This is a question I was going to ask. For like three years now. I wanted to ask like, okay, navigating the city, 
how, how long did that take for you to like, okay, like I get the trades, I know how to do this, I do like, you know, like in that sense. Probably the summer that I was here with the fellowship. Wow. Okay. I just was around a lot of New Yorkers at the time. Now I'm around like everybody, mm-hmm. but but at that time I specifically was trying to reach out to people who had lived and been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, former Tennessee volunteer graduates or um, you know, friends at NBC. I was asking a lot of questions my first two months in New York. And then I was like finding out the map, how to, how to take the subway train, how to city bike, how to, you know, what's the etiquette in New York? Where can I show up late? Where is it disrespectful to do this? You know, like you just have to find all that out. And, and it's cool because everywhere is different. So once you get your first couple of Nicks out of the way, you know, not to say that I've always been like the perfect New Yorker, but like, you just need to be cautious about how you're living here and the environment you're putting yourself into. Uh, but it was like the best feeling within the couple of months that like this was going to be at home. Okay. So you literally actively had to engage to create all of this. So that Again, is the this lesson is your learned. Life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, anyone <laughs> looking to come to New York, those that are living in New York, like actually live it. So what, what do you think, Justin, um, New Yorker wise, like New York and New Yorker, like what makes it different from other states? countries Mm. in the world, you know, even the people, like, what is it about New York? It's crazy. No other city is as crazy as New York in the best and worst ways. You know, this is the hub of pretty much every big business corporation and every small business probably that is, that is founded here. But then like, you're going to, you can come out of a a luxury building and like somehow a homeless person's taking a shit on the side of the walk. (laughs) It's crazy. And I remember when I first moved here, my parents were like, you better be damn sure you're going to live there. And my dad still thinks I'm crazy. My mom was here with me, so she kind of got it. But you get like a grittiness to your personality. But that's something I didn't want. I don't want to be gritty and like grungy. That's not me. So then you find ways to still keep your lifestyle. I remember I used to be scared to like walk on the streets and then enter the home without scrubbing the bottom of the shoe. I've gotten over that. That's like super extreme. But again, you find kind of where those messy spots are and such. But I think with with regard to like how it's different with other places, there is no place like New York City at all. There's no place like it. I've even through my time at NBC, I've seen all the station uh, channel four, how they cover everything and how they, how they pursue, you know, covering the five boroughs and da da da. like no other news station can do that. Another example is I've seen teams being built here. I have a lot of founder friends. No other company would be built the same way as one that's founded in New York and making money and being built in New York. And those examples alone, I think tell you that like, this is such a place where everyone wants to like, at least experience, if not live and work here full time. Nicely said there, Justin. I am curious to get your firsthand advice for people that are looking to move, move to the city. I mean, we're, we're out of this pandemic, the city's reopening. What is your advice for those looking to make New York their dream home? Mm. Do a lot of research before you get here. What kind of research did you do? Well, I, I just realized what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And if New York City was going to add value to that profession, then like, let's go, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of research on the personal front, I mean, just kind of scope the areas, take a trip here. I came here seven times before I moved here. So I was very calculated. Successful people are always calculated. So I'm like, if you're making the right decisions, it's because you had thought about it and researched and like planned and and taken time out of your your days to, you know, mildly pursue it. And then you just pull the trigger. Yeah. And then rent's a big thing here too. So just be mindful that like the market is super skyrocketed. It's just how New York is. They have to make all their money back from the pandemic. 
and I sound like a New Yorker saying that as if I was the one who helped spike the rent, but like 60% sometimes is what people are paying. So, um, and that's a big reason why people aren't moving here. So if you need to take time to save, or you need to take time to find a lucrative side hustle in addition to your full-time job, or you just need to ask for a really high salary, you'll figure it out, but do not settle when it comes to finances for New York, because you'll find ways to keep making more money here. I love it. You know, at the end of the day, like you're not going to survive without money. And in New York, you're going to find out really quickly if you're willing to make it work or not. I've had negative bank account. I've don't, I don't tell many people this. When I first moved here, I was in my negative bank account plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Then I found ways again to go find more of it. It's just a resource, but understanding that in New York is a different level. A hundred percent. And I've heard this before with other guests, you know, opportunities always present themselves in New York, but you also have to be looking for them. Right. And you have to be ready to hustle. And I mean, there's so many ups and downs, but at the end of the day, New York makes for for home and a story and, you know, the life you choose to build around it. So yeah, you're exactly right. You are right. You've said it all. So thank you for that. Okay. So any crazy New York stories you can share any like only a New York type of stories before we wrap up this um, specific New York. York story segment. I mean, I feel like nowadays I should just go to a TikTok account <laughs> that's based in New York and you're going to see every story possible. Right. I want to tell you guys a good story. Not something that's like, oh, a guy was pooping on the side of the street. I already said that. I've seen you the know. pee all the time. Yeah. Things happen. Yeah. They're like so that. weird. So right? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> a good only New York story. Shame. Okay. Let me just tell you this story. I was in a grocery store um, in Tribeca, which is close to Chinatown and Wall Street in a way. And an empath who happened to be the register clerk, I forget her name. Anyway, she noticed I was having a little bit of an off day. She approaches me and she goes, Hey, can I help you check out? And I just started feeling a little woozy at the, at the register. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I, I probably looked distracted and a bit distraught. And at the time I was pretty stressed about some friendship stuff because in New York, like as you're trying to make friends, you just want to make sure you're, you're not wasting time with people. And like for that to even be an issue in New York, like I was, I felt like I was on top of the world because I was worried about friendships. Yeah. Cause some people like can't make, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, Hey, something's wrong with you. And then she just starts describing all the things that were wrong with me. And I was like, how did you know that? How'd you know that? How'd you know that? Wait, who and is, she, who is your, who is it that you mentioned? The lady at the register. And she was an empath, someone who's really able to tell how you're feeling and mm. pretty much tell you your life in a way based on your emotions. And she was so accurate. I leave that grocery store after she had said everything and was telling me like, everything's going to be okay. Don't you worry about it. And then I'm walking down the street and someone who I met here, some of those seven-year trips I was taking to New York, his name is Justin. I see him on the street and I just start crying. He, he was like a big brother to me, but he was the one who helped me get to NBC. Again, dream job, dream city, da 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 da. And I see him, we catch up a little bit, done, right? It was in passing, but how did that happen right then and there when I needed that? So it was like grocery store to get a coffee, her saw Justin. This is all in Chinatown area, like downtown. And then I was catching a train to go to the marathon. And on the train, I see someone else that I knew. And I was like, I've never had that happen. It was like the best thing ever. And he was also heading to the marathon. So we went to the marathon together. And of course, nothing else like a New York City marathon. So that day alone was like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I love my life. Like all of it is just, you know, a stranger at a grocery store, like a New York City grocery store. She was very New York, this lady, born and raised in the Bronx, works in Tribeca at the grocery store. And then to see someone that's helped me start my career here on the street as I'm leaving that grocery store. And then I go to a New York City marathon to then get that full circle of like, 
holy shit, I'm literally living in the best city in the world. Literally things just pop up, right? Like opportunities yeah. like that. Like, you know, I don't think it's, unless you live in a really small town somewhere, you know, in the U S like you don't get that in other big cities where right. you can run into someone on the subway, run into someone on the grocery store, have multiple serendipitous moments happen to you, you know, in one day. Exactly. Yes. And, and that woman who like just told you all that, that's crazy. Like I love stories like this. So thank and you even for someone that. the other, yeah, and of course. And I feel like even yesterday I was grabbing a, a wrap and the lady who was working at this cute little like convenience store in Midtown was so chill and nice and opening. Tell me I smell good. Tell me I looked good. All these things. And I'm like, I didn't get that when I was in Tennessee. So there is something special about the people here for sure. Something special about you, Justin. Uh, no <laughs> joke. No, no, for real. Gossipnista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipnista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. You have interviewed some ginormous names on your podcast, Men of the Hour. And obviously, we've heard you come from NBC, a, a broadcast uh, background. But let's start with, like, you know, a little bit more about your specific focus background and then how that led into the creation of Men of the Hour. Mm. So I always wanted to do broadcast journalism. That's why I'd studied in college. It's why I went to LA. It's why I came to New York, Okay. but broadcast just looks different. I call it media, multimedia, yeah. you know, and I always wanted to be a host mm. and I was like, okay, well then over the years, you start finding out that there are 700 types of hosts that you could be right. Or you could create for yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, fine. So I get to New York and I was doing the red carpets. I loved being a correspondent and, um, and this was on the side of that NBC job. I loved being an NBC employee because you get everything at that company. And then I'm like, okay, so what does Justin need now? And during the pandemic, I fell into podcasting. Some people say like, um, I think I, I was being interviewed a long time ago and someone goes, oh, I, I was pushed into podcasting. And I was like, oh, that's the best way to say it because we had no choice. I was doing Instagram lives and stuff for Bold TV at the time. And then things had changed at that company. And I just, I was ready to kind of move on and I was like, okay, well, let's start a podcast. And I knew it was hot on the market, but it's even more hot now, two years later. So September 9th, I was ready to launch Men of the Hour 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that summer, I took a lot of time to, to decide if I'm going to do something, I want something as my own. It was my first like entrepreneurial adventure adventure because I was a freelancer, but that's different, you know, still working for someone. It's like, all right, if I'm going to call myself an executive producer and host, what is that show? What's the purpose? Who's on the team? How are we building the audience? Who is the audience? Who's the guest? What are we talking about? So I did all that over the summer. And then by September 9th, we launched. And when we launched, I was very strategic, again, very calculated. Sometimes I sound crazy saying that, but I mean it. Like I'm so calculated. I had Boris Kojo, Gabriel Iglesias, David Archuleta, and Jonathan Bennett on the show. Mm -hmm. All of which people I'd never interviewed before, but I knew how to get to them. (laughs) Part of booking talent is just knowing who publicists are and when these Mm -hmm. talent, right? When these celebrities or newsmakers and public figures are ready to talk to the press. So anyway, I booked them, recorded the four interviews. 
I was learning all, all of how, how I wanted to do it, but I knew damn well what they were saying was going to be great or was great enough to make a show out of it and uh, had the formula ready. I was like, you know, we had the Anchor FM site up. We had four episodes launched at once for an entire month. Um, I strategically, to bring that word up again, I strategically was talking to their publicists about helping us promote those shows okay. so that their audience and their fans, I started with zero listeners. And so like their audience and their fans come and listen to them, be vulnerable and authentic and share their story. And that's what it was. I came up with a mission statement though, is men of the hours mission is to drive social impact through the narratives of today's most influential men. You know, everybody's story from like a couple of my friends who've been on Forbes 30 under 30 to Andy Grammer, to Kevin O'Leary, to Jordan Fisher, to AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Like, I don't know. I've just thought about it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter who you are. I think their stories have been so important. And that we had learned, I had learned, you know, through that. And and it's been the best thing of my life. It's it's what led me into making the now decision to go do my own thing for a couple of years. Um, it's made a hell of a network for myself. But that's what I tell people. Like when you meet folks and you have these types of conversations with them and I'm doing it once a week, if not more, it's the best feeling in the world. It's like therapy almost too. There, It's therapeutic for me personally and professionally. Oh my gosh. You noted so many things in, in this introduction of Men of the Hour. So thank you. Thank you for that. Where to start? Okay. So again, broadcast journalism major, you saw this opportunity during the pandemic, you created it, you were strategic about it, you know where to get these high profile individuals, as you noted, right? I mean, some of the people include Gavin Rosdale from Bush, you know, Ryan Serhant, uh, I mean, oh, right. Olympic, I even... an Olympic player, uh, Ryan Lochte. Ryan Lochte. I mean, you yeah. had so many people. I need to know who your contacts are, where you, you know, I, I see how you strategically um, know when to align with them when they have an opportunity to present and you know speak to the world about something like give us a little bit more more insight on men of the hour and like the format of like how like what you speak with these individuals uh, about yeah so it's a weekly for sure it's a weekly self-improvement health show the whole conversation pretty much is around their story so i always started with like maybe the biggest thing that they're working on right which is usually why they came to the show anyway like announcements new book new show etc and then from there, we just kind of dive a little deeper into topics that I think would help the audience based on who that guest was. So Ryan Lochte has dealt with depression for a long time. He came out of swimming for a little bit. So I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean for the audience? Why do they need to listen to Ryan? Then you have like David Archuleta. You know, he writes music, but he's now out, which at the time he wasn't as a gay man and still in the Christian church. So if I had to bring him back to the show, we're talking about that. Um, because it helps with people being vulnerable. It helps with people finding their identity and still staying true to what they believe, which his God is his almighty, right? And how does that conflict with him being a gay man now? So those are the questions I would have asked David today. And then a recent example was, uh, let's see, Scott Evans from Access Hollywood. was He's one of my really good friends. And so Scott was really open about money and finding the right opportunities and asking for what you want out of a salary. And I think that was very beneficial. So it's really cool how their their stories in general and like how the way that they've created their life 
is what I know those topics and answers to are helping other folks. It's amazing. It's like a window inside to to these people that you wouldn't get otherwise. Right. And you're like asking the perfect questions, setting up this opportunity. I, I I admire you so much. Like, you know, that you do this effortlessly with celebrities and so forth. So people need to tune in to men of the hour to check that out. You're so sweet. Thanks. And so excited on that end. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious with regards to like what the future of Men of the Hour is. Like, oh, wow. The- yeah. I'm excited to tell you. Okay. Um, I didn't have a plan, to be honest. I was like, let's do this until we hit a thousand. Mm-hmm. But then um, I was approached by some, for some now really good friends of mine, mm-hmm. Mike and Pat Santucci, um, some of the greatest people I've met so far because they've taken a chance on me. They're the reason I'm so confident to go do my own thing, but they saw value in like me as a host, producer, salesperson, podcaster, and now sponsorships head. So anyway, the three of us are on the journey to create what is called the Routine Project Podcast. And in doing so, we have a really unique advantage with my already existing show, not just from an audience perspective, but the way that I've built Men of the Hours framework from like marketing materials to the way that I book talent, the way that guests have trusted me with conversations. Mm-hmm. We, have an, we have a competitive advantage to launch a new show that now women, of course, mm-hmm. right? So Men of the Hour was just something that I was like, well, Manscaped was our first partner. A lot of our first partners were male-focused brands. I just wanted something different. I didn't, Not that I didn't want to interview women. We did Women of the Hour live series on Instagram with like Jamie Chung and Rebecca Minkoff and all them. And cool. that was great. Yeah. They were spinoffs. But I was like, Men of the Hour has something special. All that to say now, I mean, you know, I'm having conversations with iHeart. I can openly say that now Mm because we're moving on to things and I'm leaving NBC and da da da. We're talking acquisition. I think there might be a potential there. And if not, I'm not going to put out another episode until we get the best guest with the best conversation. But I am putting a lot of my energy and focus towards the routine project because it's backed by a company called the House of Routine that I'm obsessed with and work full time for now. There's a lot of opportunity there, right? We've already gotten confirmations from Rebecca Minkoff, Tom Bilyeu, folks that I've obviously interviewed, but in a different way now. I want to find out how, like Men of the Hour, again, is their story. As much Mm -hmm. as I love people's stories and interviewing people, I need action. So I need now to take these interviews and help people create action out of listening. So now my focus is not, tell me a little bit about yourself. It's tell me why you get up at five o'clock. And tell me what you're doing during your lunch break. And if you're taking a nap in the middle of the day and you do it every single day for like 365 days, why and how? You know, so what can people in this new show learn? And because it's backed by a productivity lifestyle brand, House of Routines, journals and backpacks and stuff, but there's like seven different types of journals that we have and more that are about productivity and building habits and routines. That's what gets people to successful like life. Even personally, I schedule time with my people, like my personal stuff, or, you know, I have routines of going to the gym and drinking a green juice right after and taking a ginger shot every Sunday. I don't know. Like I have routines and they add value. So I'm like, wait, everyone has routines. Everyone's, you know, so the routine project podcast is kind of next, but men of the hour still stay on the platforms, of course. Plus my sponsors don't want to like delete the episodes. So I still keep doing it. I also want to find a plan to like take all those 100 episodes and like 
keep doing it, right? Or keep, sorry, keep promoting them because those are evergreen conversations. I had a friend the other day, a friend the other day was like, hey, I listened to the Ryan Serhant to, to what you were saying earlier, Ryan Serhant's episode. And I was like, isn't he great? And I forget when I even aired that thing was last year. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool about podcasting because you'll see a hundred episodes and you can go down the line and just pick your one based on the topic and name. They are so evergreen. Okay. So don't do yeah. anything with the <laughs> matter of the hour. Keep them on there. They're going to continue to grow. If you ever want to pick it up, if you ever yeah. want to plug another host in, you know, I mean, you are, uh, you know, you are the creator, you are the executive producer of it. You are, you know, the, the one who did all this for it. So it's, it's a lot of your labor of love. Keep it right. You're the best. Thank you. Of course. And then, okay. The routine project. Let's. You were speaking my language. You've interviewed Dave Asprey, Tom Bailu. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Are you? Uh, were you an avid podcast listener prior? Because I'm trying to understand. Like, uh, um, kind of. Yeah, I okay. listened to Jay Shetty, Lewis Howes, and Tom Bilyeu. Okay. For a while. I'm a huge podcast listener, and that's how I actually part of the reason what inspired me to do podcasting. But you know, um, Tom Bailu, Dave Asprey, Lewis Howes, Tim Ferriss. Uh, oh yeah, you know, they're all, uh, they're they're all, all inspiring. These people, they're all people, and I see you in this realm with the project oh, that you're. That mean that, and that was kind of the goal too. So mm-hmm. Tom, uh, I'm actually going to his house in LA not too long from now. His team and I are really close friends, and you know, like him and Rob Dyrdek now have become people that I trust and and kind of want to, you know see, see what I can do. I always want to be a host and I always want to do the lifestyle stuff, but this routine project podcast will be interesting to see how some of those other relationships turn into such a bigger thing, because this is also a business, right? We're treating the podcast as a business arm of the company, the house of routine. Okay. That's exciting. Okay. And so a lot of things in the works for you here, um, a lot of projects that, you know, we need to keep an eye out with you for them. So the routine projects, men of the hour, Tell me some, like, I want to know, you've kind of noted them throughout our conversation, but what are like some routines and things that you do that elevate you and and help your everyday life that you think could help? So I wake up, I drink Himalayan salt, lemon water every single morning to cleanse what I think would have been eight hours of shitty sleep. I don't know. And then I drink four sigmatic coffee specifically because it has mushrooms, MCT oil, and like a lot of great stuff in it. Go to the gym, but I always drink barcode which is insane because yeah. I've habitually found all my brands too, mm-hmm. you know, some of which have actually come on the men of the hour as a sponsor, but like, that's beyond the point. These are great brands where I know the founders and I trust the liquid or the product. So I always do that. Uh, I go to Barco cause it has like magnesium and like adaptogens and it's great. It feels great to work out with a drink like that. And then I work out every single day, seven days a week. I don't care what the workout is. I don't care how tired my body is. If my legs are sore, we're doing upper body. My upper body sore, we're doing legs. If my whole body's sore, we're going to sit in a sauna and we're going to stretch and do yoga. Like every single day. I would get depressed otherwise, by the way. So anyway, uh, every single day. Uh, And then finding purpose in your day. Are you kidding me? This was a very purposeful meeting, right? For the hour. And from here, like the rest of my six or seven hours of work, I know what I'm doing. I'm not just going into meetings. I don't have meetings. I have like one, you know, because I, I have things I want to do today. And then similarly tomorrow, I'll spend like six hours at lifetime. And after I work out, I'm going to work for six hours and do things that I know I want to do and get done. Yeah. But back to the routines. I mean, just, you'll find it. You got to find your rhythm. Like what makes you smile? What makes you laugh? What makes you happy? Yeah. What type of work fulfills you? What type of coffee makes you excited to wake up and drink? What you know, th- those things matter. What type of li- music do you want to listen to when you're working? I love like, it. Those are all habits and routines that you should totally 
people need to like 100%. master for themselves. You noted a lot of great things that you do that I can see that are things that are keeping just you healthy and happy. I'm reading this book right now. I don't know if you um, it's called Life Force by Tony Robbins. Ooh, and good. It just came out and, and doctor named Peter Demandis and someone else, but it's all the healthy habits you need to have to live a longer life, like in all the crazy biohacks and technologies that are, that are happening. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I went to the biohacking mm-hmm. conference with Dave Asprey and like, Oh my God, I still have a lot to learn, but, and, and before 30, I definitely want to like, not necessarily hack my body, but what do I need to do every day? What do I need to eat? How do I need to work out? Here, I can tell you rough. Um, if I can remember uh, based on some of the things I read, here are the top things that individuals need to do. Okay. Get at least 30 minutes of moderate to a high intensity workout, um, or that's even running or walking five days a week, right? Um, a healthy diet, healthy diet's important. And there's a saying, there's a saying yeah. that, you know, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So plants are good for you. Um, you know, um, try to stay on that healthy diet. Also no smoking, moderate alcohol and, I think that's it. Like it's not that hard. It's so simple. It's, it's like, we overcomplicate we, it. We do, but um, humans naturally overcomplicate things because the world's just getting so crazy and loud. Yeah, and, and there's like these things you know? will progress like your lifespan by like ten to fifteen right. more years. So uh, you're right. already doing all this. I need to get on board oh, of all this. You can do so it. So I love that you share again all that you're doing. The New York story. We're going to roll into our last segment here, Justin. I know we got a few more minutes um, and it's called our New York Minute segment where I'm just going to speed around a bunch of New York related questions and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's do it. Uptown or downtown? Downtown. East or west side? West side. <laughs> Subway or bus or none? None. Uh, what do you do? A city bike every okay, day. I love it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> a favorite New York neighborhood? Battery Park. Uh, favorite New York food or restaurant? Actually, both. Your food and uh, a favorite restaurant. My favorite restaurant is Charlie Street. In It's in Nolita on Kenmare and Mott. Okay. And then my favorite type of food, I'm just going to say Japanese. Mm, okay. Any good Japanese restaurants in the city? There's good Japanese ramen restaurants. And then Kenka and Kimura on St. Mark's Place are fantastic. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a lot of options. Favorite season in New York? Spring. Spring. Okay. Favorite New York tourist destination? Little Island. Ooh, okay, I actually haven't been there. Okay, favorite um, non-tourist destination, like a place that is more obscure that is maybe like your getaway. You would not going to want to tell people that, but something like that. Oh God, that's such a great question. Um, Charlie Street. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Uh, favorite uh, holiday in the city? Christmas. Christmas, okay. Favorite New York movie or TV show, if you can think of one. No, I don't even watch movies or TV shows nowadays. How about uh, Song? New York, New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank Sinatra. Ooh, okay. We'll take that one. All right. Favorite New York park? Oh, Central Park. Favorite weekend getaway from the city? Do you get away? Uh, the Hamptons. On a scale of one through 10, this is a random question. How good of a driver are you? One through 10. One, but I've, I was a one before moving to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I hate driving. Okay. okay. Um, and one thing that um, you're excited about for the city reopening, like just- I'm excited to see everybody out playing sports, volleyball and basketball, tennis. I love that part. Spring and summer and fall are great for that. So I love seeing people be active outside. The reason I think New York fell into like a depression is because people were inside too much. And the city 
part of being here means that like you just go to your apartment to sleep. The rest of the time you should be outside. One tip on how to live your best life in NYC. Make everyone like your family. Perfectly ended there. I love that. It's been such a pleasure interviewing Justin. Like I said, you're just a ray of light. You're insightful and you're like, really, you you. you laid it all out for for my listeners. And where can we connect with you? Well, the podcasting. So Men of the Hour podcast and then the Routine Project podcast launches on May 4th. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm just on Instagram. Come to the DMs on Instagram if you have questions. I love it. You, there you go, guys. This is how you can access the wonderful Justin Crawford. Again, it's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day, Justin. Thank you. You too, my friend. Thank you for everything. Thanks for tuning in to Gossipista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode. Follow along on Instagram at Gossipista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.